0: الحمد لله رب العالمين الصلاة والسلام على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه اجمعين ثم بعد قال الله عز وجل إنما that indeed the only ones. Okay, just Indeed, the only ones who take care of and maintain the Masajid of Allah. Are those who believe in Allah in the last day This statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Establishes That the maintenance and the caretaking of the masjid Is a part of iman is a part of faith and we know the greatest act that takes place in the masjid is the salah for the masjid had been built for the purpose of establishing the salawat therein along with the dhikr of Allah and the qira'ah of the Quran Most importantly the establishment of the salat So the maintenance or caretaking of the masjid or the masajid Which are the masajid of Allah The masajid are the masajid of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala The caretaking of the masajid is of two types Al-Imara al And Al-Imara al manawiyah You have the physical Maintenance of the, of the Masjid Cleaning the Masjid Taking care of That which needs to be taken care of In order for the Masjid to be open And available for the people to worship therein This is the physical caretaking of the masajid, and this is the duty and the responsibility of the believers. As Allah he mentioned, the masajid are only taken care of by those who believe in Allah on the last day. And then you have Al Imara Al Ma'nawiyah, which is the abstract caretaking of the masajid, and this is by way of ibadah. By way of worship, when we come to the masjid to worship Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, this is a means of taking care of the masjid, because the masjid has been built and established for the purpose of the ibadah, as Allah Azza wa Jalla mentioned: وَأَنَّ الْمَسَاجِدَ لِلَّهِ فَلَا And that the masajid are for Allah So do not call upon anyone along with Allah The masajid are for Allah The scholars mention one of the meanings For the word masajid is meaning the earth is for Allah The entire earth is for Allah Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala as the Prophet سال الله عليه وسلم he mentioned لم يعطهون أحد قبلي نصرت نصرت بالروع مصير الشهر وجلت لي الأرض مسجدا وطهورا فأيما رجلا من أمة أدركته الصلاة فليصلي وأحلت لي المغنم ولم تحل لأحدا قبلي وأعطيت الشفاعة وكان النبي يبعث إلى قومه خاصة وبعث إلى الناس عاماً. The Prophet Sallallahu الله Wasallam he said, I have been given five things that no one before me was given. I have been aided with by I have been aided by way of giving victory. The distance of a month Meaning Like before he would have to actually Go into physical battle The news of his coming With the Muslims To establish La ilaha illallah Will reach the people A month before he gets there And the people they would Accept La ilaha illallah So the Prophet was given this And no other Prophet was given this But the shahid is, and the earth has been made for me a masjid and a purification. He says, so any person from my nation, the salat reaches him, he prays the salat. Meaning, wherever he is, he prays al And the spoils of war have been made permissible for me And it was not made permissible for anyone before me And I was given the Shafa'ah And the Shafa'ah here shafa'a Al-Shafa'ah Al-Rudmah The great Shafa'ah Which is the intercession That will be sought for Allah Zawajal to start the judgment and النَّبِيُّ إِلَى النَّاسِ عَامًا a Prophet or the Prophets from before, one of them would be one of them would have been sent to his people specifically, whereas I have been sent to all of the people. But the point is the Prophet he said that the earth was made for him a masjid. So the ulama they say when Allah says that the masajid are for Allah, they say one of the meanings is the earth is for Allah. So don't call upon anyone, meaning don't worship anyone on this earth besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because Allah is the one who created the earth. So while we are here on the earth that Allah created, Then we we are only to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is the creator of the earth. That's one meaning. And this statement that the earth has been made a masjid. The previous nations, they were only allowed to pray in those structures that were established for worship. They were not allowed to pray anywhere else. So, like their, I guess, their monasteries and the like, these places that were designated for worship, they were only allowed to pray in those places. And they could not pray anywhere else. Except in the case, as mentioned by the ulama, in a case of fear. If there was some type of issue of fear, where they were not we were not able to go out to those places to worship, then in this case, they will be allowed to pray in their homes. But other than that, they were not allowed to pray in their homes. They had to go to those uh, building structures that were established or erected for the worship, and they had to pray in those buildings, those monasteries, or those churches. They could not pray in their homes, again, unless... There was an issue of fear. Imam Al-Qurtubi, he says, "وكان من دينهم أنهم لا يصلون إلا في البيع والكنائس ما داموا على أمن. فإذا خافوا فقد أودين لهم أن يصلوا في بيوتهم." That from their religion, meaning the, the people from the previous nations, from their religions they were only allowed to pray like in their, their synagogues or churches or monasteries, as long as they were safe. But if they were afraid or in a state of fear, then it was allowed for them to pray in their homes. So as for this nation, Alhamdulillah, our salat is not restricted to the masjid. Without a doubt, this is the place where the men should pray the obligatory prayers. However, if we are not able to make it, then it is allowed for us to pray elsewhere. And also, it is recommended that we pray the nawafil, the supererogatory prayers in our homes. As the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, don't make your homes like a graveyard. In a place you don't pray. And the shaitan does not remain in the home where Surah Al-Baqarah is recited. So a person should pray like Qiyam layl And should pray the sunnah prayers in the home before going to the masjid. This is the origin. So the home is a place where we establish Salah. You know, the... The supererogatory prayers, the extra prayers So that the home doesn't become like a graveyard. With the previous nations, they did not have this allowance And this is a virtue from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon us That we are allowed to pray in other places outside of the masjid Anywhere on the earth, except for those places that are designated By way of the text, where we cannot pray None The other meaning of masajit, mazeg sujud, the the places of prostration or the body parts of prostration. These body parts of prostration are considered to be masjid a place of prostration. In the Prophet ﷺ mentioned and ashjuh alas-saba. I was commanded to make sujood upon seven body parts and then he established this is one the forehead and the nose together a mistake made by some that when they go into prostration, they prostrate, and their nose is not touching but their forehead is down but the nose is not touching the forehead and the nose have to touch just like that together not that your forehead is up and then your nose is off of the ground Not
1: a lot of people. Mm-hmm. What are the, people the
0: And uh, HN 51 yellow you know He's praying. So then be patient, and that, That's ridiculous. Really I've been talking here for eight years. Um, the summer finish, come out When you finish, it's not good for them. Mm-hmm. So a mistake that's made uh, by people. And this is the demonstration. Say this is the forehead, and my thumb is the nose. The person places his head on the ground for sajda, but his nose is raised up off. This is a mistake. The nose and the forehead, the prophet pointed to, as one. This is one. And then you have the two hands, then you have the two knees, and then your two feet. All seven. Body parts. The Prophet ﷺ said, "He was commanded to prostrate upon these seven body parts. So these body parts are for Allah. Your body is to be used for the ibadah of Allah Subhanahu Not for the person to do whatever he wants with his body. This body is in a manner from Allah Subhanahu Your body is a trust, as a gift given to you that you must take care of." And one of the ways we show gratitude to Allah for giving us this body is that we use the body for ibadah. And the last meaning of masajid is that which is known as being the masajid. These building structures are for Allah. These building structures are established for us to worship Allah. And get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When the Bedouin came into the masjid. And he urinated in the masjid. And then afterwards or while he was urinating. The Sahaba they went to stop. Him. The Prophet said, who leave him, don't stop him. And this was wisdom from the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, So that... The urine doesn't start spreading all over the place as they're trying to stop it. So, leave it. so it doesn't lead to a greater harm. When he finished, the Prophet commanded pour water over the place. And then he said to the man, in لَا تَصْلُحْ لِشَيْءٍ مِنْ هَذَا الْبَوْلِ وَلَا إِنَّمَا هِيَ لِذِكَرِ اللَّهِ وَالصَّلَاةِ الْقُرْآنِ That indeed these masajid are not suitable to have anything from urine inside of them Nor any filth They are only for the remembrance of Allah The prayer And the recitation of the Quran So the Prophet He mentioned to the Bedouin The purpose of the masjid He says wa quran this is the main business of the masjid. remembering allah and this is considered from the remembrance of allah the classes and the lessons or that a person is on the side remembering allah making like istighfar or saying subhanallah alhamdulillah la ilaha illa allah other than that, from the afkar and then you have the Salah, and then you have the Qira'ah of the Qur'an. So this is what the Masajid for. And the Masajid, they are the most beloved of the places on the earth to Allah. A man came to the Prophet and asked him, O Messenger of Allah, what is the most beloved place to Allah? Prophet said, Wasallam, I don't know, I have to ask Jibreel. So when the Prophet met with Jibreel, وسلم, he said, Oh Jibreel, what's the most beloved place on the earth to Allah? Jibreel said, I don't know, I have to ask Allah. So Jibreel, وسلم, he went and he asked Allah and then returned to the Prophet, Sallallahu Wasallam, and mentioned to the Prophet, Sallallahu Wasallam, that the most beloved place on the earth to Allah is the Masjid. So there we have the statement أَحَبُّ الْبِلَادِ إِلَى اللَّهِ مساجدها وَأَبْغَضُ الْبِلَادِ إِلَى اللَّهِ أَسْوَاقُهَا that The most beloved place on the earth or in the land to Allah are the masajid that are in that land. The masajid that are in, in the land or in the place, this is the most beloved of the places in that land to Allah. And the most hated and disliked of the places in the land to Allah are the marketplaces. Because the, the marketplace, the suq, normally is a place where people are yelling and screaming It's a place where people are cheating It's a place where people are not lowering their gaze The men are looking at the women. the women are looking at the men It's a place of ikhtilat, the men and the women mixing You know, it's a place where corruption is taking place Yes, With evil desires, evil is taking place no, for sure. When you go, number one, you try to go during a time where the fitness is less. That's an advice that one of the Mashiach gave to me. That when you go to the marketplace, go at a time when the fitness is less. Meaning at a time, normally people are not shopping. So it's less people you have to encounter. And if you are a person, your business is there. in the so, it's because we have to make a living. Then you make sure that you constantly keep yourself in the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that you stay away from cheating the people, as the Prophet mentioned, Mena Hashanah falay And this is when he was walking in the marketplace and he put his hand in the food and it was wet. And he asked the owner, What is this? He said it rained last night. So I put the wet part on the bottom and the dry part on the top. He says, Shouldn't you have put the, the wet part on top so that the people can see? And then he mentioned, Man, and whoever deceives us is not from us. So it shows it's very important that a person, when he's a businessman and he's selling a product, if you have to be truthful in what you say as it relates to your product. So from these reasons, the marketplace is. Like the worst of the places. Because again, in another aspect, one of the things that divert the people from the remembrance of Allah is what? Tijara. Tijara. Person is so busy, he forget the salat. Person is so busy, he leaves off going to Jum'a, Right? So that's why Allah says, Fas'a'u ila wa Jum'a." When the call is made to, for the Jum'ah, hasten to the rumors of Allah and leave off your business. How many people don't come to Jum'ah because of their business? They have the ability but they don't want to miss a dollar. Right? So they put the business before Ibadah. So these are from the reasons why the, the Prophet mentioned, وَأَضْهَضُ الْبِلَادِ إِلَى اللهِ and the most hated of the places in the land To Allah are the marketplaces Look what Allah wa Jal mentioned <laughs> وَلَا بَيْعٌ اللَّهِ وَإِقَامِ الصَّلَاةِ وَإِيْتَاءِ يَخَافُونَ يَوْمِ تَتَّقَلَّبُ فِيهِ In the houses in which Allah has allowed to be raised up, in which His name is mentioned in. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is glorified in these places, right? Morning and evening. And therein there are men Look how Allah describes the Rijal not every, not every male is a man Just because a, a person has the male organ It doesn't make him a man in Islam When you look at the text A man has certain characteristics Like Allah says The men are the protectors and the maintainers of the world This is, this is a responsibility And description of a man A person who takes care of his family Here, Allah says, (laughs) Rijal, la tulhihim tijara. Men who do not allow their business, right, in the buying and selling to distract them from the dhikr of Allah. They don't allow the business and the transactions to distract them from the establishment of the prayer or the payment of the zakat. These are men. Meaning, the men, they put ibadah first. Right? They put Allah first before money And when they do get the money They use it to worship Allah This is a characteristic of the men So Allah says And they fear a day in which the hearts And the sight will turn therein Tawbah If the person misses Salatul Juma'ah The only thing he can do is make Tawbah Because that, that Salat is an Ibadah That is Muaqqata Is worship that's based upon time So if you miss The time frame With the jamaah You can't make it up now, You can try to find another masjid That may still be Conducting and didn't make it there because, you know, alhamdulillah, in the city, the, the massages have different times. Okay, they may start at 12.30 here, but then another place starts at 1, or 1.30, and finishes at 1.45, like that. So you may come to this you miss it, try to go to another match. But if you're in a place where you're not gonna make it to another match, you may go. And if it was unintentional, then there's no tawbah upon you. If it was like you was striving to make it, if you got there, there's no tawbah but if it was intentional the person intentionally uh, missed the khutbah al and salat al ال then he has to make tawbah now and the prophet mentioned that whoever misses three juma'as can, uh, consecutive back to back that a seal is placed upon his heart so it shows this is a serious affair The Prophet sallallahu he mentioned Man bana masjidan lillahi ta'ala yabtaghi biha wajha Allah bana Allah lahu <laughs> baytan fil jannah That whoever builds a masjid for Allah the most high seeking by way of that building of the masjid the face of Allah Allah will build for him a house and palace. This is from the virtue of the masjid, that a person builds a masjid. And building a masjid, is not only building a masjid from the ground up, but establishing a masjid, or expanding a masjid. This also falls under the category of building a masjid. So there's a place that's already built, and then we turn it into a masjid. That falls under this category of are building a
1: masjid
0: This is a part of it No, because When Uthman Ibn affan When he was expanding uh, The masjid of the Prophet Some of the people um, They didn't approve of what he was doing In expanding the Prophet's masjid And they wanted him to just leave it as it was So Uthman Ibn Affan uh, He mentioned to them this hadith That whoever builds a masjid uh, for Allah Then Allah Azawajal will build For the person A house and powers. Now, here's the narration. رضي الله عنه أنه قال قول الناس الله الله عليه وسلم إنكم أكثرتم إنكم أكثرتم الله عليه وسلم يقول من بنى لله تعالى وجه الله الله له في was he wanted to expand the prophet's masjid because there are more muslims now than there was prior so the people started to you know disapprove and he was speaking about oh he wants to change the prophet's masjid and so he said indeed you're speaking a lot about this issue he said and i indeed i heard the prophet sallallahu Alaihi wasallam say whoever builds a masjid for allah the most high Seeking by it the face of Allah Allah will build from a house in, in, in the palace And man mentioned this narration For as his proof to expand the masjid That's still considered building a masjid Expanding the masjid is a part of building a masjid So whether we are building a masjid from the ground up Or renovating the place and turning into the masjid Or expanding the masjid It must be for the sake of Allah and not to be seen by the people or heard of, um, as the prophet mentioned, "Man bana masjidan la la Whoever builds a masjid and he he doesn't want to show off by way of it, and he is not seeking to become famous by way of it, then Allah will build for him a house in heaven. Some people, when they build masjids. They want to be known as the one who built the masjid. So they put their name all over the place, right? Masjid, you know, Fulan, you know. So you know when you walk in, you know, or so and so <laughs> there was this masjid. You know, some of the scholars of the past they said ismahu Al Masjid Falan Whoever built the masjid and then wrote his name on it, that is not for Allah, It was it's for him, you know. But we have to make sure that we have sincerity, that we have ikhlas, you know, when, when building a, a masjid or establishing a masjid or renovating the masjid. That this is for the sake of Allah, for sure, I mean, that's a part of it. But the main thing the begin- is the intent behind the establishment uh, of the masjid. And you have to look at the importance uh, of the masjid that when the Prophet came uh, to Medina, he built a masjid before he built his home or established his home. That's the first thing the Prophet did Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam when he got to Medina Was establish a masjid and This is before he established his own home And this shows The, the importance of The masjid in, in the Muslim society in the life of the Muslims Everything was at the masjid The masjid was the Center of the community And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Because you think about it, his hijrah From Mecca to Medina Was for the deen Right? The Prophet migrated for a religious reason. The Prophet wasn't migrating because the weather was better in Medina and they had palm trees there and you know, mashallah, the dates were better. Like how we do when we move from one place to another. It's most of the time it's not about deen, it's just better living. We want a better neighborhood to live in, you know, quieter neighborhood, you know, quality of life is better in the neighborhood. We ask about the neighbors in the neighborhood, and then we say, Well, is there a masjid around here somewhere? that's second we find out is there an Islamic center in that neighborhood or in that state that we're going through that's the last question we ask a lot of times but the Prophet was said his hijrah was for the deen and so as soon as he arrived to the place of hijrah he established the center for the deen before he went to establish his own home and this is an important lesson about how as it relates to the importance of the masjid another point as it relates uh, to the masjid that the the masjid uh, should not be built upon graves and nor should a grave be put inside no one should be buried in the masjid and no one, we should not build a masjid on top of the grave. Islam <laughs> Ibn he said, اتفق أنه That the scholars of Islam, the Imams of Islam, and this is Imam Abu Hanifa, Imam, uh, Imam Malik, Imam Shafi'i, Imam Ahmed, the Imams, and not just them, the Imams of the, of the religion, they are in agreement that a masjid should not be built upon a grave. A masjid should not be built upon a grave. The Prophet ﷺ, he said a few days before his death. The Prophet ﷺ, he stated, لَعْنَ al wal-Nassārā was Masajid? The curse of Allah is upon the Yahud and the Nasara because they took the graves of their prophets and their righteous people as Masajid, meaning places of worship. And the Prophet said this, and this was a few days before he died, a warning to his Ummah not to do that to him and make his his uh, grave a place of worship. Perhaps one may say, well, the Prophet's grave is in the Prophet's masjid right now. So, how could this be? The response is, the Prophet's grave is not in the Prophet's masjid. The Prophet's grave is in his house. That structure, that's the Prophet's house. The Prophet said to them, was buried in his house, although his house was connected to the masjid, but his house is separate. From the masjid, as the Prophet had a door, where he can go out of, and he's in the masjid. If you remember the narration, he would be in the masjid, and he would stick his head inside of his house, and then Aisha, she would be like, be combing or brushing his hair. Or well, one time, the Prophet said to Aisha, radiallahu anha, uh, going to "Go into the masjid and uh, bring me my my prayer mat." And she said, "I'm menstruating." I'm he said, your menses is not in your hands. <laughs> go go get my prayer mat. So she went into the mat, because it's right there. And she brought the Prophet, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, his prayer mat. But the Shahid, the, the Prophet is buried in his house. He's not buried in the masjid. And his house is connected to the masjid. Yes. It depends on the need of the community. It depends on the need of the community, whether we want to build a school or another masjid. It depends. Maybe in a, in the neighborhood there is a school but no masjid, or the opposite. So we build what's needed, you know. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he did command the Muslims. To build masjids in their their local areas. Because remember, okay, the Prophet's masjid, okay, this is the, the major masjid in Medina. But there are other masjids in Medina, masjid, uh al-Quba. Right? You have other masjids. And the Prophet would tell, like when the some Muslims live far away from the Prophet's masjid, they had have to walk a distance. Remember Mu'ad? Uh, he would pray with the Prophet And then go back to the neighborhood He lived in and he would lead the people in Salat And the masjid there in that neighborhood So this shows that in the time Of the Prophet there was more than one masjid What's this life Is that building a masjid Right next to one another Because now this becomes like Imitating the people of the book Where you have like churches on every corner But there should be Some space and distance between the two in any event, uh, that which is needed, that which is needed, this is what we should build. But if we are going to a place and there's no masjid, without a doubt, the first thing we should begin with is building a masjid before building a school. Because again, the masjid is the center of the community. We establish the masjid and then we come together and say, okay, we need a school. And then you work on the school
1: well, huh? Yes, we
0: have a lot of masajid uh, uh, In New York City I think and, and I can be wrong We have Muslim schools also here in New York City So before we go to build another Muslim school Why don't we take that money And put it into the Muslim schools That are already established So that we can lower the tuition To make it easier for the children to go to school because one of the reasons why uh, a lot of parents cannot put their children in the Muslim school, not that they don't want to, just because of the, t- uh, the tuition, and the schools have to charge the tuition that they charge to keep things running. Things don't just run off oxygen. The money is needed. So the tuition is the price to pay for the teachers, pay for the other. Accessories uh, and like. Okay, so now somebody has money. Okay, let's put the money into schools that are already built to see how. What can we do to get the tuition lower? What business can we establish that will fund the schools so that the tuition is reasonable? So that the tuition can drop down to $150, $200 a month now. Because there's a business that we established and invested in that funds the school. So now the school really doesn't have to depend upon the parents to pay tuition. Or set up a situation where we can make these schools free for the children to go to. But that takes the business people and the intelligent people in the community to come together and put their resources together and their ideas together. And you know, and then embark upon these affairs, putting their trust in Allah. And then we can see a difference, And Allah give tawfir. Alhamdulillah, we encourage the establishment of Islamic centers, and schools, and educational centers. These things are needed uh, in the Muslim communities. important point as it relates to the establishment of the masajid the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he mentioned Amen. that the hour will not be established until the people begin to brag about the masajid. The start, they say, was intended here about bragging about the masajid. That people will build masajid that are extravagant and beautiful. And then they will say to another people, our masjid is more beautiful than your masjid. Or our masjid is bigger than your masjid but at the same time the masjid is empty big beautiful structures with no people inside so they put effort into the physical appearance of the masjid but they abandon the abstract uh, caretaking of the masjid which is establishing the prayer and the likes so now the masjid is almost like a museum now. People come in, look, take pictures, and leave. But we have to be here to worship Allah. We have to be here to worship. When we build the masjid, it's not so that we can say, Oh, our masjid is bigger than your masjid, and your masjid is this, and our masjid is that, and we have this. The prophet said that the hour will not be established until the people... Begin to brag about these affairs <laughs> Imam al-Sanaani he said It is that a person will say to another person My masjid is better than your masjid It is bigger and more beautiful Than your masjid This is wrong He says he says, "What إِمَّ emma كَمَا عَرَفْ أَوْ بِالْفِعْلِ كَأَنْ يُبَالِبْ قُلُّ وَاهِرْ فِي تَزْجِينِ مَاشْجِدِهِ وَرَفْعِ بِنَائِهِ وَغَيْرِ ذَلَكِ He said, this bragging about the masjid is either with a statement, as you know, or either with an action. And that is that a person, he goes... Each individual is going overboard in, in beautifying the masjid and raising or erecting the masjid trying to make it higher or bigger. So now, a person wants to put gold on the walls to make the masjid better than the other masjid. person wants to make it more floors just to make it better. Not because there's a need. It's different when there's a need. You have to expand. You have to expand. But the, the intent here is the bragging whose masjid is better than the others. Ibn Abbas, he mentioned, that to zakhrifunna kama wal-nasara Ibn Abbas said that you will beautify the masajid just like the Jews and the Christians beautified their places of worship. Meaning, you will lose focus of the purpose of the masjid. Because again, the masjid is is not, and this doesn't mean now the masjid should be shabby and we don't take care of them. Don't don't understand it to mean that. But at the same time, don't lose focus of what the masjid is for. Right? And every time, it's how we can make the masjid look prettier. What's important is how can we get the Muslims, especially the youth, in the masjid. How can we get the families back in the masjid and keep the people in the masjid. That should be the focus. Because how many of our youth, they have abandoned the masjids. And if we go out and we find them on the corners And we find them here in the parks and the night, And they don't want to come to the masjid So what is the plan To get the youth to come back to the masjid What are we going to establish to attract the youth To come to the masjid to, So that they can love the masjid One of the people who will be un, under the shade of Allah Is a person whose heart is connected to the masjid as one under the shade of allah on the day there's no shade one of the seven people the prophet mentioned a, a person whose heart is connected to the masjid and when he leaves he can't wait to get back again he loves the masjid what what are we doing to instill this in our youth putting that love into the masjid number one we have to lead by example the fathers the uncles the, the elders in the community, we have to lead by example. Something too, sometimes we have to take take them physically by the hand. Come on, let's go, we're going to the masjid. In a nice way of course. Come on, we're going to the masjid. Oh, come on, we have a, they have a program at the masjid. And you'd be surprised maybe they didn't know what was going on in the masjid. Now they see and it's just subhan this was nice. And that, that really helped me. I heard something good today from the speaker. Oh man mashallah the the of the Imam was nice, it really touched me. I was going through some. You never know. But we have to, you know, teach our our youth not to run away from the masjid, but run to the masjid. The masjid is the place where your problems can be solved. The masjid is a place of refuge, you know, from the fitin. The sahaba radiallahu anh, in Ramadan they would go to the masjid to protect their fast <laughs> they would go to the masjid to protect their fast because as long as you keep walking outside and, or and you're in the mall and the soak and all this stuff you are liable to look at something you should not be looking at or say something you should not be saying and then you spoil the reward of your fast Right? So, but if you're in the masjid, alhamdulillah, you read Quran, you hear someone reading Quran, make dhikr of Allah, or all you rest, and the lights, but your fast is protected from vain speech, from looking at the haram, and other than that. The Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa He had mentioned, "إني نسيت أن أأمرك أن تخمّر فإنه ليس ينبغي أن يكون في البيت شيء يشغل المصلّي." The Prophet ﷺ had mentioned. I have forgot to command you to cover those two horns. For indeed, it is not befitting that there be in the house anything that would distract the person praying. So it's important that in the masjid, there should be nothing in the masjid that distracts the people who are making salah.
1: Because
0: again, the point is to pray and to get closer to Allah and not to be distracted in the prayers. And this is connected to the how we build and, and when we fix the mass shit up, that, okay, yes, we can make it nice, but don't go overboard. Because now it can be a distraction instead of just a beautification. Our last point that I mentioned... And this is a point of benefit from a fiqh angle that whenever establishing a masjid without a doubt, one should have great concern as to where is the qibla. Very important because facing the qibla is a condition from the conditions of salat. As Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions, وَمَنْ حَيْثُ خَرَجَةً فَوَلِّ وَجَهَكَ شَطَرَ الْمَشْجِرِ الْحَرَامِ وَحَيْثُ مَا كُنْ فَوَلُّ وُجُوهَكُمْ شَطَرَامِ And wherever you may be, or you come out to make your prayer, turn your faces towards the direction of al Masjid Al-Haram. And wherever you may be in the earth, and you're establishing your prayer, turn your faces towards that direction. Imam Tabri, he says, Imam Tabri stated that Allah He has obligated in this verse the believers or He has placed upon the believers the obligation of turning their faces Or turning in the direction of Al Masjid Al Haram in their Salah. And this is wherever they may be in the earth of Allah. You have to. So, if you are standing where you can see the Kaaba, you must face the Kaaba. If you are standing where you cannot see the Kaaba, you have to face in the direction of the Kaaba, towards the Masjid. If you are outside of where you can see the masjid Then you have to face Mecca You have to face the directions And then outside of Mecca You have to face towards Mecca And this is very important The Prophet he mentioned إِلَى ثُمَّ اسْتَقْبِلْ فَكَبِّرْ That when you go to stand for the prayer Make a good wudu And when you want to make prayer Make a good wudu And then face the qibla and say Allahu Akbar. This here facing the the Kaaba, this number one shows the great status of the Kaaba. And this is this also shows the unity of the Muslim Ummah because we all face the same direction in prayer. This shows the unity of Islam. We are all facing towards Mecca. We all face the direction of the prayer. So our Qibla is one. Our Prophet is one. And our Lord is one. This is that unity in the deen. Another point, Barakallahu feekhu. If a person does not have the ability to face the, the Qibla, what does he do? He just prays. He prays. If he does not have the ability to face the Qibla, either due to him not knowing where the Qibla is, or him being uh, incapable of facing, physically he can't face the Qibla, then he's excused. As for the one who doesn't know where the Qibla is, he does his best to find out where the qibla is. If he has to ask someone or try to figure out, he does his best and then he prays. If he realizes afterwards he was praying in the wrong direction, he does not have to repeat his prayer. And then ask for the one who is physically incapable of facing the qibla, he prays in the direction he prays in. As Allah as mentions, mentioned, <laughs> Be Allah to the best of your ability. Allah also mentions, "La yuqalni nafsan inna Allah doesn't burden a soul beyond the capability. Fine. The Prophet صلى he said, "Ma baal al-mashr and maghrib That which is between. The east and the west is a Qibla. That which is between the east and the west is a Qibla. What's meant by this? The Prophet was north of Mecca. So they pray south. Right? So let's just say this is Medina, this is Mecca, north. South, right? Between the east and the west, there's a kibla. So meaning by that, as long as you are praying in this direction, you are praying in the direction of the qibla because between the two points there is a qibla. So now if you're east of the qibla, then the hadith turns into Between the north and the south is a qibla There's a lot of times you hear the people North east No you gotta be southeast. The prophet said Between the east and the west is a qibla So as it pertains to us here Between the south and the north There's a qibla And this is in relation to those who are far away From the Kaaba because it's very it's gonna be it's very difficult to be one hundred percent on the line. Because who is gonna be the one to walk from here all the way to the Kaaba in one straight line to say we're on the straight line. The scholars they mentioned and specifically Uh, we have here. Hold on one second. The scholars they mentioned يَجِبُ عَلَيْهِ أَنْ يَسْتَقْبِلَ جِهَةَ الكعبة. وَلَا يَجِبُ عَلَيْهِ أَنْ يَسْتَقْبِلَ عَيْنَهَا It is obligatory upon the person to face the direction of the Kaaba, and it is not obligatory upon the individual to face the actual Kaaba itself. Because in this is there's a difficulty in trying to do that. And Allah says, Allah has not placed difficulty upon you. Also Allah says, And wherever you may be, turn your faces in the direction. So the Prophet said, al Mashriqi Wal Maghrib that which is between the east and the west, there is a kibla, and it also applies to north and south when you are east of the Kaaba or west of the Kaaba. Sheikh meen said, Yajibu an na'rif nahiv, al qibla, yakun emma ila ainal kibla, wahi al kaba, wa emma ila jihatiha. Fa in canal in sand, Kareeb and Minal Kaba, Yum Kenuhu Masha Mashahadatuha, Fafarogahu. يستقبل عين الكعبة لأنها هي الأصل. It is obligatory that we know that facing the qibla is either you are facing the direct qibla which is the Kaaba or you're facing the direction of the Kaaba. So if a person is near to the Kaaba and he has the ability to look at the Kaaba. Then that which is obligatory upon him is to face the actual Kaaba. The anha he al because that's the origin. And as for the one who is far away from the Kaaba, he does not have the ability to see the Kaaba. Then that which is obligatory upon him is to face the direction of the Kaaba. وَكُلَّمَا بعد الانسان كانت في حقه اوسع and the more the person is further away from mecca the wider the qibla is for him the wider it is for him anna because the circle the more you go out the more it expands ولهذا قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في أهل المدينة ما بين Wal والمغرب قبلة. So for this reason, the Prophet said to the people of Medina, that which is between the east and the west is the Qibla. And the scholars have mentioned, being off a little bit from the direction, it doesn't harm your salah and the directions are 4 al shamal wa janub wal sharq wal have north, south east and west the Sheikh goes on la al insan jihat an wal aula Ilal Junub Wa Kibla Sharkan O Ilas O Ilashema Wal Kabila Sharkan O Ilas Shark Wal Kebla Junuban Wa Fala Rab and Ahada Yajib Fihi Taidil masjid O Yajib Al Itijah Ila Jihatil Kabila Wa in Ha Lefet Wa in Khalf T Jehat al Masjit Alright. So the Sheikh is saying, if you'd slightly turned away, this doesn't harm. I'm gonna give the example. Let's just say that memory is straightforward as he we have. It. If you're a little bit like this or a little bit like that, it doesn't harm yourself. because you're still in the direction of the east. The problem is if you are turned so much now that the ka- you're facing north in the Kaaba or the Jihad uh, is east, this is wrong. Or you are facing the south, then the Kibla is on your side. This is wrong. But as long as you are in this right, this vicinity, this radius. You're still facing because of the Hadith. The Qibla is between the east and the west, so you have that area, and that's again for people who are far away. So the qibla is in between the two points, and this is to make it easier because you may be not knowing the direct uh, direction of the qibla What you know it's east, so you just you face east. Maybe a little bit north, maybe a little bit south, but you're facing east. The Salat is valid, the Salat is valid, and this is based upon the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu and this hadith is in the Sunan of Ibn Majah, and it is Sahih, it's authentic narration. InshaAllah ta'ala will stop at this point, whatever is correct, the praise is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whatever is incorrect is for myself. سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك اشهد
1: ان